open up your ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean I don't know how people in the meantime Yeah, I don't know how you, you do a recurring show about pizza I'm sure you could Well, you have to try at least a new pizza every week I mean, there's like infinite combinations of uh, of toppings, of styles. You could you could have a special one where you go to a a place that's kind of lauded. And are you gonna lauded? Are you gonna go to like a brand new place every week? Are you gonna stay at that place for several weeks and try new stuff? I mean, if, there is like a lot you could do. I think. I, I mean, also feel like that dildo from Barstool already does this. Yeah. Yeah, but we could be better and make our own pizza. Now, there we go. Yeah, That's it, what I do every Valentine's Day. I just did it this past Valentine's Day, actually. We did barbecue uh, chicken pizza. Okay. Because nice. I'm, I'm so, a fan of the barbecue pizza. Okay, so last night. Okay. You guys, clear, clear your minds real quick. And let me know what you think about what I'm about to say after I say the thing that I'm about to say. Okay. So, Afterwards, okay? So, okay. Buffalo chicken meatballs. Like, you kind of roll the buffalo chicken up into a I have no idea. Sarah picked up some buffalo chicken meatballs from Aldi. Uh I'm like, what is this madness? (laughs) Okay? So then we made a pizza out of them. Oh, we cooked those bad boys up, cut them down and made a pizza, you know, made from scratch, had some uh, beer pizza dough, put in some cheese sticks, made a cheese stuff crust thing pizza. It was fucking bomb diggity. And if we were doing a pizza podcast, that would be my first <laughs> one to bring to the table. So you guys, you guys did the stuff crust yourself, too? Yeah. You like rolled mozzarella up? Yep. Cheese sticks. We used, we used string cheese sticks. Yeah, yeah, but that's just mozzarella cheese, is it not? Yeah, probably. Nobody really so. knows. That, nobody knows what string cheese is. It comes <laughs> comes from space. See, I appreciate you for just laughing and going along with it. Sarah would be like, yeah. mm, nope, pretty sure people know. Like, uh, nah, but I those don't people know. kill the I fun. Think, yeah. <laughs> like, certain people. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. We, uh, I was going to make fun of Dave from... Beer Me a Movie. Beer Me a Movie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get stuck on caped still. They're not caped anymore. No. But yeah, him. He, he likes to ruin the fun. That's his fun. <laughs> Is pizza or ruining fun? No, ruining fun. Mm, not suspending fair. disbelief. <laughs> but that makes My the- question... Uh, even more fun to double down on him and just really piss him off. Well, he turns yeah, a special that's... shade of red. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know if we've ever, maybe we have, uh, but Michael always uh, he's kind of our, our defining limiting factor here. Michael, what's your opinion on Chicago style deep dish pizza? It's not right. Wow. Get that shit out of here. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Get it out. Yes. What the hell? Oh my. Yeah. I got real nervous because oh, yeah. we're at the no, beginning of no this episode. No need to worry. I didn't want to lose a recording partner yeah. this early. <laughs> yeah. I if I want 
a lasagna or a soup, that's what I'll order. But I, yes. I wanted a pizza. That's yeah. I, don't I think this think... is absolutely no question. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible. It's just not pizza. Yeah, I completely. I think it tastes fine. It tastes good, mm-hmm. but I don't want it. <laughs> Put yeah. Put all those ingredients in there and market it as something else. I feel if you have to use a utensil, it's not pizza. I agree. Now, pizza, you can use a utensil to eat. It's odd. But if I can't hold it in my hand, it is not pizza. So, we went to Italy two years ago. Um, Two years ago? Yeah. Uh, That's all you do to eat pizza is use utensils. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they, they have, like kind of the, the really big crust that you don't even eat. They don't pick up their pizza. They just, they eat it from the middle, like cut out pieces and eat like that, which... That's so weird. Yeah, Why? it's weird, but it tasted pretty good. So I'm kind of on the... Well, sure, yeah. I'm on the utensils are okay for pizza Okay. bandwagon. Pizza adjacent, okay? Well, pizza adjacent. Pizza adjacent. I have two pizza, pizza adjacent questions. First one. Okay. How do you guys feel about cutting spaghetti with scissors like kitchen scissors uh, yeah, yeah yeah there are people and that like will just go at spaghetti with a fork spit it up lift it up and just cut off the bottom with scissors so they can just jam it in have you guys never seen this i, I only have but like on tv i only just never in person break the spaghetti like as they cook it and then that's it like so you pre-break when it's dry yeah okay, i pre-break when dry yeah, I've seen that too. Um, I've always like I don't know why when I was in junior high, like we had to take home ec class, and then a part of our home ec class was our teacher taught us like etiquette lessons and how to like set tables. And one of the things was like to eat spaghetti. You know, you're supposed to use a spoon too. Do you guys know that? Yeah, you oh, like yeah. twirl it in the spoon yeah. to like twirl it in the spoon. Ball so it up. weird. Yeah, yeah, but I, that's how I've always done it. And then you don't get too much. Listen, Kyle, they really needed you to know that instead of how to do your taxes. So you be fucking grateful, man. I also remember some kid got kicked out of there because he was jerking off in the back of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds reasonable. That's a life skill. That kid didn't. That kid did not go to high school with us. Uh, he moved. He got <laughs> way uh, like his life was over, man. Was it while All eating because spaghetti? He jerked off in home <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, you get busted. Like the teacher saw him, kicked him out, and sent him to the principal. Like that, dude. By like the next period, everyone in school knew. Oh, I can't even remember his name, which is wild. That's insane. You would think that you would remember the name of the dude that was beaten off in your home Don't etiquette think. class. I remember I didn't like him much anyway, so. Mm. No harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was pizza adjacent question number one. I'm going to weave back in to just straight up pizza <laughs> before I get to pizza adjacent number two. Okay, okay. We're... Michael, what is what is your favorite pizza? What is um, your comfort pizza? Like, like... If you're alone and you could have any choice of toppings without somebody else having input, what are you getting for your happiness? I'm just, just like a straight up, just put chicken and bacon on it and just be happy. That's all nice. I need. Now, if I want like a special pizza, the local pizza place here, Mother Bears, has something called the Soul Sizzler, 
where they put chicken, jalapeno, ghost pepper sauce, and ghost pepper cheese. And it is to die for. It's so good. I also flash around with that. But but it's just like regular pizza. Yeah, give me a chicken and bacon all day and I'll be happy. Those are great. I I love that combination. Kyle, what about you? Uh, I mean, my... My go-to general, as long as it doesn't have olives, I love a good supreme pizza. Okay. A supreme in every regard. Um, like I said, as long as it doesn't have olives. But if we're talking also, just to, to bring it back to Michael and local Bloomington pizza, I love an Avers Cream and Crimson, man. Oh, heck yeah. Those What's are that? so fucking... It's, it's potato, it's like, bacon, gorgonzola, and like some sort, like a, some sort of cream sauce. It's like sort of a ranch, but it's not ranch, but it is a creamy sauce. But man, okay. that shit is so fucking yeah. good. And dude. you you might see the potato and you're like, that's very off-putting. It's um it's so good. It's so good. They're they're thinly cut and they're pre-cooked before they're put on the pizza, so they're very soft. But man, a cream and crimson is a fuck we made one of those once for our Valentine's pizza because uh Mandy's best friend that lives out here now, she used to work at Avers, so she knew like the recipe ratio. So we that was fucking great, man. Hell yeah. Did you jack that recipe? Do you have it now? i i we got it on the side of the fridge somewhere. Jacked yeah. it like you were in home ec. That's right, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> what about you, Shawnee? What's your comfort pizza, Mr. Pizza Bro? All right. Well, I had it until about a minute and a half ago when it, for some reason, switched to the Soul Sizzler. (laughs) Hell yeah. Fucking good, dude. Um, I love, man, I got a couple of that are like really hit that like warm my life up button. Um, And one of them is probably going to be jalapeno and sausage, jalapeno sausage um man with hot honey drizzle like i don't even care how bougie stupid that sounds now like if you're not putting hot honey on pizza you're doing life wrong i was gonna say this this hot honey thing is actually it's a trend that i've just recently noticed uh because some of the pizza places out here have started offering it and we've gotten it a couple times and it is actually really good i will not disagree with you sean it's if you haven't had hot honey yet michael look into it oh yeah i wouldn't um we don't typically, like, if we're ordering pizza to bring home, we don't typically, like, order, like, pay extra to put that on. We always have hot honey. So oh. open that bad boy up. Just do a drizzle back and forth on that bad boy. Shut it. Let the steam do its work. So fucking good, <laughs> dude. But I also do love me, like, a chicken and olive or onion or whatever with a white sauce on it. I love onion on pizza, man. Hell yeah. Underrated. I usually put that on my barbecue chicken. I can't do onion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. In, in, I don't know. in any facet of food, though, I can't do yeah, onion. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's, like, uh, onions are always uh, love it or hate it vegetable. For real. There's no people that are like, yeah, I could do with onion. It's You're either all in or you're all out. As an aromatic, though, like, to it. I use it to cook, but, like, I can't do it as, like, a topping. I should clarify. Yeah. So I, that's what I was getting at with the dimensions. It's like people either love or hate raw onion, but then it's like mm-hmm. they love the cooked version or hate the cooked version, but like the raw. 
it's like no middle ground. It's always cross the board. You love it. You hate it. But do you? I think yeah. mine's familial because I I might have said it before, but uh, my grandfather grew up on an onion farm, what? and like his comfort food, even up until like he died, he would just eat a white onion raw like apples. Oh, he just sit in his chair, watch this. boxing, and just eat a fucking onion like it's an apple, dude. It's crazy. Oh my God. Hmm. My grandpa was a beast. I couldn't do that. I'm asked a lot because I, like, just in passing at work, I eat so much onions. Just like... Really? Mm, I love onions. Love onions. Yeah. And I've had people ask regularly, do you just eat those like an apple? I'm like, no, that's fucking gross. Who does that? As I'm stuffing <laughs> in, like, grandpa. three rings into my mouth. <laughs> As you, Yeah. You're <laughs> flipping them around your finger like... All right, pizza adjacent, numero dos. Okay. What is, man, I'm going to use adjacent a lot here. Buddy, if you unplug my computer, I'm going to light you up. You're sleeping outside. Um, what is your favorite pizza, alter, alternative pizza delivery system, like whether it be Pizza Bites, Pizza Bagels, Okay, um, I see are, what you're saying. Are you going to make it on an English muffin? Are you a fan of that? Are you going to the gro- to the freezer section and just getting a bag of Tostino's pizza rolls where half of it's always hot, half of it's always frozen still? What are we doing here? My <laughs> wife and I are big fans of you go into, it's usually like in the bakery section or somewhere around there in the uh, grocery store, and they have like little circles, little discs of non bread. Oh, oh, yeah. And we'll put pizza sauce on that and make little pizzas out of the little non discs. Tremendous. Mm. It's like you, lunch you on the garlic non. I think, Have I think it's just like that? plain, but oh, we can, okay. you can put like little, you can take like a clove or something and like rub it if you want. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I have a similar one, except uh, Mandy and I will do a similar thing, but instead of non, we get like the Texas toast garlic bread. And then we'll put pizza sauce, we did cheese, that for the... and like tiny little pepperonis. That is choice, dude. We did that for the first time a couple weeks ago. That was real good. Yeah, it's fucking great, man. It's easy and woo. Uh, I like that. And I also, man, I, I've always loved bagel bites from even when I was a kid. Bagel bites rule. And you are also correct. Pizza bites are almost always. It's either ice cold or hot lava. And when it's hot lava, it always bursts into your mouth, and you're like the. <laughs> <laughs> you just feel the smoke ex- expelling. <laughs> it's it's it, not great. It makes no sense. You don't overlap those things. You don't make a fucking pizza castle out of them. They're laying flat on a sheet pan in your yeah. oven. Like, how are these cooking? Not even. This is this is silly. They I think they all do have like a drop of actual molten lava in them to make them heat up quicker. Oh wow, and that's what. That's interesting. Yeah. It's fun, fun pizza fact. Fact, Tostinos, they got a, they got a trademark on that. I have a uh, video game related segue for you two boys. Okay. Okay. Because uh, you two boys are also the two most injected into this. How about that Elden Ring trailer, fellas? Oh my Didn't god! I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. It was so good. Yeah. I'm so hyped. And it, like, it looks fucking crazy huge. It looks dude. like a whole new game. Yeah. 
Oh, so I well, should probably he, watch this. <laughs> yeah, Miyazaki said like this it? new area is nah, is bigger than Lindgrave. Oh, it's it's really good, dude. Yeah, like the area is as big, if not bigger, than Limgrave. There are, I think, over ten new bosses. One of at least one of which is as hard as Millennia. There's shit ton of new weapons and spells. I they went all out. Of course, yeah. crazy cool design. I really don't need another reason to get sucked back into that game, man. <laughs> I'm just getting over the depression that. It put me in the first time I beat it. But yeah, but what's better than a cure for depression than more depression? <laughs> Don't I know that, man? Just Oof. dive deeper in. Shit. I guess I should probably watch this. So it's it's an entirely new area? Uh, yeah, it looks yeah. like... So you know when you beat Moog and you see Mikola's arm coming out of the egg? Yep. It seems like that is the portal to the DLC. Like, you touch his hand, and then a lot of people are assuming now you go into his dream. And this is him dreaming. It looks wild, dude. The, okay. The, the mon- that fucking lion monster thing with all the extra limbs. I love the, yeah. all the extra limb stuff, anyways. Yeah, it's just Elden kind Ring. of a theme in the game. I loved the, uh, <laughs> the, the other fire giant that's just, like, a big bucket of fire. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's a giant metal cage filled with bodies that are burning. That's it. <laughs> Which also, because uh, I was watching uh, Zuli the Witch's breakdown of it. And of course, uh, that exact design is from Berserk, too. Oh, okay. There's a demon in Berserk, which, of course, Miyazaki takes everything from Berserk. So I like the uh, the new little worm guys with their, their silly face. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the white ones? Yeah. yeah, and they have just, like, the weird dirt face on them. <laughs> yeah, I saw a post on the subreddit that was, like, Moog on June 20th, and it was just a picture of the worm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it'll be pretty exciting, man. Um, so like, it's, I, the fa- it's not coming out until June? June 21st. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you can, I think you can order it now. Yeah, if you pre-order it, you get, like, uh, some stuff. There's, like, a new... What emote you can do in game? Yeah, it's like the the ring gesture, but it's to the side. But mm-hmm. does anybody emote? Didn't think I so. haven't. Anyways, <laughs> I do. I do honestly. I do. Uh, I do this in way frequent, like IRL. Praising the sun. Praise the yeah, sun. I praise I the sun a lot. Going. I point down a lot, but okay. that's pretty much it. All right, what's the price tag on this bad boy going to be? 40 bucks. So it's like I think so. a game. Another game. Not too bad. He also it, said it's worth this it. one has like that uh that demon soul style like I think the level design there's it's very dense from what I understand. So mm. there's a lot like stacked on itself which I like cuz my one kind of complaint with Elden Ring was that it was a little too big, too open. Oh man, just so. get your horse. You good? Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. I, oh man, how far I would did like you make mount. it in that? Huh? How far did you make it in Elden Ring? I've beaten Elden Ring now. Oh, I, I started it? a new character and I tore through it. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I got weird. Like Elden Ring came out at a time. I don't know. I was in that weird state like a couple years ago where I didn't like new things and like <laughs> I tried and I just couldn't. But I went back and I started a new character and I did like 
a sorcerer type build and they're so broken. Yeah. <laughs> Easy mode. And that was that was pretty fucking great. And I just kicked everything's ass. That's what's up, dude. Nice. I'm glad that you actually made it through it. Um Fuck, what was that? I was gonna say something else. Are you trying to uh, transition to the main topic? Because I can transition. No. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we we can still. I forget. I, I've talked to Michael about this. Uh, Sean, have you looked into or heard anything about Hell Divers Two? No, I haven't. But I I have seen a lot about how it's making this crazy resurgence with Starship Troopers. That you, dude. I did. I was curious like a week ago. Like, why all this Starship Troopers shit all over social media? And then I got into Hell Divers Two, and I was like, oh, I get it. So you're playing Helldivers? Yeah, well, I played the original because it was a PSN game yep. a while, a long time ago. It was, I have it it was top-down isometric. Did yep. you play it? Yep. Yeah. So this new one, it's do they like? Did you ever play Risk of? It's like Risk of Rain one and two, the giant drastic jump in like gameplay style because now it's a third-person over-the-shoulder shooter. Oh, that's so weird because that the first Helldivers was like isometric. It was a twin top stick down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Top down twin stick. Now, now it's third person over the shoulder, dude. It's so fucking crazy. Is the, it good? The firepower in that game is like nothing I've ever experienced. I remember I got Hell Divers one for for free years yeah, and years. Yeah, and years I ago. did too because it was a PSN game. Yeah, uh, like a game of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, God, that that had to have been almost ten years ago at this point. Probably it was on PlayStation Four. Do you think that the Beer Me Boys? just coincidentally did starship troopers or i do because i haven't heard them talk about hell divers 2 at all either yeah me neither so honestly i knew that they were talking about that and then i started seeing it pop up everywhere and i thought it was because i liked one of their posts about starship troopers and it's like okay zuck you got me man it's hell divers man it's all it's also like right now i think it's like the most popular game on definitely on steam but i think it might be like worldwide right now like everybody is playing it the only issue is uh it is still like a smaller company and dude the fucking queue to get into the game because it's so overloaded oh the servers are just strained yeah yeah and like i was telling michael they don't really have an auto kick system in effect yet so some people once they do get in they just stay logged in that's smart yeah to a degree but it's also a real dick it's also annoying yeah I did. I, yeah. I did get the game, Kyle. So you did get it. Did. All right, but I haven't. I haven't tried it yet, so I have no idea it's what wild, I'm dude. getting into. But what I like, it's it cool too because it's the most played game right now, currently. It's a number two behind Counter Strike, obviously. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I thought you were gonna say Power. That makes sense. <laughs> no, that's number four. That's got less than half of the amount of Hell Divers. That really, that really nose dove off. It was yeah. the hot thing I'm, for a minute. I'm worried Helldivers 2 will as well, but uh, even Paul Tassi was like, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with he's Isn't that somebody I follow from Forbes. Contributor? Yeah. Uh, he was like talking about Helldivers 2. He's like, this is the closest thing I've seen to a Pokemon Go launch situation in a long time. Like just the, the fervor and the excitement about it. Wow. Of Helldivers? Yeah. Huh. I got I got into it especially because uh a dude I follow for like all of his Destiny 2 content, uh this guy named Fallout plays. He he 
started doing Helldivers 2 content and like he released his review and like it was just so masturbatory for like 15 <laughs> minutes about how amazing the game is. And I was like, all right, well, if Fallout's this into it, I got to check this out. And it is really fun, man. Yeah, it's just it's a PVE co-op shooter uh, up to four people, hordes of enemies. The cra- like I said, the firepower, though, my God. You get these things, they call them stratagems. They're like little balls. And you put in uh, on the D-pad, they each have like different combinations you put in to call in different things. And you have your ship like follows you in real time, like up in the atmosphere. And you program on these balls and you throw them into the enemy groups. And they'll send down like either these crazy orbital strikes. What? Dude. And like the fucking trees and shit blow up and like fall over. (laughs) Like, dude, it's so wild. The, just the insane firepower. And it's also, it's really fucking hard. Even on, like, easy mode, you will just get, like, two hit. So. I am 100% loading up Steam right now just to, like, see how much this is. <laughs> I think it's, it's, 40. it's 40 bucks. Yeah. Because I know because I just cool, bought it yesterday. I mean, it's, a, it's not a, a huge investment. It's not a $70 fucking bullshit. So all I'm saying is I'm having fun. I'm glad Michael got it. I hope we can get to play it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd love to try oh, it out. Funny. Maybe it's it, maybe it's stream worthy. I don't know. We'll see. It's still a PlayStation game. Yeah, it is on play, PlayStation made it. And they're again, yeah. Sony's just getting smart and they're realizing there's a huge market on PC. So they're smart. just dual releasing things now. But yeah, it's also on PS5. Hmm. And it's got cross play, which is great. Everything's got to have cross play nowadays, man. This looks pretty dope. (laughs) Just be dumb. It is. (laughs) The big dumb. The bugs are big dumb. It is hard, I will tell you. Like, when you get in, Michael, we should play together after you get through, because a little hand-holding is helpful. I would love to have my hand held, because, I mean, you guys saw me when we played Halo that one time, and I was like, (laughs) you know what? I don't think I'll sit this one out, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get you, buddy. Um, But yeah. uh, Hmm. I fucking love you, fellas. Who was the the first one that got talked to me about Slay the Spire? I can't remember. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. You both were very into it, right? I, because like, I first got, so the first time I ever heard about Slay the Spire was a guy I work with. He's on my team at work. And he was like, hey, you should play this game. It's really fun. It's called Slay the Spire. It's a deck-building roguelike. And I heard both of those two words, and I was like, wow, that sounds terrible. Because, <laughs> like, they just, they don't jive to me, those genres. But, like, he was like, I don't know, man, it's really good. And then it was a PS Plus free game, I think, either in 2020 okay. or 2021. I don't remember. And I was like... I missed that then. I was like, all right. You know, he's been hounding me about this. I'm going to try it out. And I was like, oh, shit. This game actually rules. Holy cow. Yeah. I went through a similar thing. Like, I heard you guys talk about it, and tons of other people were just, oh, Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire rules. And same, I like a roguelike. I'm not so high on a deck builder. And I was like, ah, this, what? This isn't that great. But then, again, just people constantly talking about it, breaking it down, and I finally bought it, and I was like, Dude, this is like one of the best games I've played. I just, and I I just, had, and you just so, can't stop playing it. <laughs> yeah. I had a very similar thing where, uh, like, 
for a long time, my old roommate and I, like, all we did was play Magic or play Dominion or whatever deck building game because we're always just coming up with new deck concepts. And, like, that was, that's one of the things that I love most about, like, Magic, right? And he told me while this was still in uh, early access back in 2017, he's like, man, you got to check out this game. You got to check out this game. So I got the game and I don't like roguelikes like at all. So I played it a little bit. I played a couple of runs. I'm like, man, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just sat in my steam library for like, a couple of months and I went back to it just out of boredom, I think. And I sat there, I'm like, oh, well, let me give this game another try. And from that moment on, it's just been just absolutely sold on this freaking game. And now I have it on the PlayStation. I have it on Steam. I have it on Switch. I have it on my phone. Sarah's purchased it. I've gotten three other people to buy it. Like, everything I think I bought it because of you. Yeah. What's up? I said, I think I bought it because of you. Good. <laughs> yeah, I have it on. But now, you know similar to you, I have it on Steam, money. and I also have it on my phone now because it is so enjoyable. And I hate phone games, and yep. this one, I'm like, no, this fucking rules. Yeah, yep. I have it it's... on Steam, PlayStation, phone, and I bought the board game. I was a, for the Kickstarter. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Right there, it's right on my home screen. I got this bad boy on my phone, but uh, dude, I think I have. Yes, there it is. I have the board game coming in as well, and I am so hyped that I think it's going to be delivering in the next couple of months. Yeah, I think the latest email said end of March or either end of March or end of April is when they're going to start <laughs> yeah. delivering. So how I'm does so it work as a board hyped. game? So it's actually a co-op game as a oh. board game. And you have yep. uh, the, I don't know, the card details are a little bit foggy, but... It's actually on Tabletop Simulator right now. And some people have played through it, and they were like, the setup is going to be very long. But if you enjoy Slay the Spire, the game, you will enjoy the board game. I don't really know sure what the minutia is of, like, how the game actually works, but it's a similar concept, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like the, you know, the paths that you'll take, you can randomize every time. It's... It's co-op up to four people. Um, Whoa. It is scaled back, so, like, people don't have a thousand life, you know? Divide it by ten. Yeah. And, you know, divide how much damage you'll do by ten, you know? And so they made it so it's a little bit more accessible to be on a table. But when you think about it, if you've played this game, listeners, if you've played this game, like, haven't you had that moment where you're playing and you think to yourself, wow. It's really cool that they made this board game into this video game. And it, it feels like Slay the Spire was at one point a board game, but it wasn't. This yeah. is just a game that they made. And then they turned around and had the brilliant idea of being, well, why don't we turn this into a board game? Here, here's all of my money. I think I spent like <laughs> almost 200 bucks on this stupid fucking game, and I'm thrilled. Yep. Yeah. It brings you joy. Yes. And it comes with sleeves. It comes with oh, sleeves it and it comes with a mat. Yeah. And a neoprene Damn. mat. For each character, I think. Yeah. Well, speaking. All right. Characters, mats, spires. Michael, 
Give me a rough overview of what the hell Slay the Spire is. Well, like we said, Slay the Spire is a deck-building rogue... I actually think they say they call it a roguelite, not a roguelike. Yeah. Which, you know... I don't know the difference either. I don't either. really either. I think roguelike means that it's like more specifically like the game rogue in its manner, whereas roguelike, roguelite, I should say, is just... Kind of has the concept Herman of death. go and start over, go and start over, and that's okay. pretty much it. But anyway, so you play as one of four characters, and you have to climb up 50-ish floors, uh, and they can be enemies, they can be events, shops, what have you, um, and you need to build your deck of cards uh, to beat these enemies and progress, and it's... It's as simple as it sounds and way harder than it sounds because yeah. you need to really understand that you can't go into this game thinking that, like, okay, I'm playing as the silent right now. I'm going to do a shiv deck because, like, you can play the entire game and you're never offered a shiv card. Like, yeah. Or, or you're, like, offered shiv cards, but you never get, like, that one card that ties everything together. You, you have to be able to, like, pivot at a moment's notice. And it's, like, it's it's so weird. You almost get this false sense of security in the first floor. You, know, you whether, sure do. Whether it be you, you're avoiding the elites because you're, you're a little tepid on that, which never avoid them. Get those relics, baby. Yep, that's right. Like, if you're going to get taken out because you can't defeat these elites, you might as well just get taken out early in the game right? and rerun Just it, abandon. Right? Yep. Exactly. Get smoked, re-roll that bad boy, and get back in there. But you could feel like you are a god-tier deck and then just get immediately humbled in two floors I had it or on the next floor. On one of my playthroughs earlier today, because like I said, I was playing through it in anticipation of recording this episode, and I was playing the robot dude, smoking everything. I got through the first two levels, I was halfway through the third one, and just a random enemy decimated me decimated me <laughs> wasn't even a boss just a guy and yeah. i was like well fuck and each floor that you go to because there's there's three floors base in this game and each floor that you go to introduces different mechanics and like the enemies react differently and uh -huh. there's different things that you have to watch for like this guy over here hits once for 35 whereas this one over here hits 10 times for two points of damage each of those 10 so you, can you give yourself thorns and let that guy just kill himself hitting you or because you can always see their intentions of what they're going to do depending on what you have for modifiers or whatever uh, man th this game is beautiful I will say, as a person who is absolutely god-awful at math, the third floor is always terrible for me because I miscalculate how much damage I'm blocking almost every time. <laughs> they, they actually, there is a mod. I, I don't know. I, it's not one that I use, but, like, it will put a number in red above your head telling you exactly how much damage the enemies will currently do to you. Wow. So I might need what? to put that on. I don't know which one that is. It might be Minty Spire or something like that. But um yeah. The one the one one mod I use that's really nice. And Sean, you mentioned uh you can see the enemy intents 
unless you have the Relic Runic Dome, which gives you more mm -hmm. energy but takes away enemy intents. There's a mod I use called Bestiary, where you can like shift, right click over an enemy, and it will tell you its entire like move set. And like what? you can, you know. So you're, okay, well, he has this much strength, and this is the base of how much this attack does, so I need the block for uh, this much. So the mods really help this game. But yeah, knowing the enemy intents, I think, is just, it's one of the biggest uh, plateaus to reach in being able to get better at this game, because you yeah. can more easily plan out a couple turns ahead. Like, if you're fighting, you know, the Bronze Automaton, and you're just like, all right, Hyper Beam's going to happen in three turns. Yep. Can I kill this guy by then, or do I actually need to, like, set up something else to make sure I block that turn? And it just, it's really, really cool and, being able and to, like, like, predict that eventually. And you mentioned, like, Hyper Beam with that. Almost going hand-in-hand hand with, like, the bestiary thing that you just mentioned, that mod. The more you play this game, the more you understand what different like enemies are gonna do and you remember their moveset so you can kind of be prepared okay going into act two there's gonna be the birds that hit five times for one damage a piece and they take half damage because they're in flight but if you hit them three times they're stunned on the ground what can i do here to plan going forward to better my odds or right. am i just absolutely fucked like if you sit there and you struggle through that fight Again, just nuke the run. There's no point at, at this point. Mm -hmm. You're underpowered. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I like that each floor does give you a lot of those... Uh, what are they? It's not a litmus test, I guess. is not, It's not the quite the word I'm looking for, but it, they give you, like, these, these sub-tests, like you said, to see, like, oh, hey, if you're having trouble on this part, uh, it's going to get worse, dude, so... Either reevaluate or restart because you're not gonna make it, and I, I really uh, enjoy that aspect because it doesn't waste my time. That's one of my biggest complaints with almost all modern gaming now is just time wasting. It's why I hate the game League of Legends because a fucking average game in that is like 45 minutes to an hour, and you can spend all that time and then still just fucking lose, and it's miserable. And why am I doing all of this? It's just it doesn't respect my time. And that's what I love about Slay the Spire is that it does that. It's also, I haven't played a game like that since like Civ 4 or Civ 5 where it's like, it really is just so hardcore on that. Okay, just one more turn. Yes. Oh, okay, that were great. Maybe just one more turn now. Oh, and I got that guy too. Ah, you know, we're on a roll. Maybe just, you know, it just, you just want to keep going. And what I appreciate about, you said you hate games that waste your time. Dude, I cannot understate how much i appreciate when a game will let you just quit the game and you can open it back up and you're right where you left off mm -hmm. stop pussyfooting around stop making me jump through these hurdles no i don't have time to finish this act cool you don't sweet just exit the game come back later it's fine come back bro it will let you do that like in the middle of a fucking battle mm -hmm. <laughs> it's insane but guys you talk about there's so much depth to this game. Recognizing enemies. I got to say, I hate every time I fucking walk into a fight and that Ocarina boss dickhole shows up. Oh, I love I that, that guy. Prick. The one that metallicizes? Yeah, I fucking hate With that prick. The uh, the shelled parasite? The avocado? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, he looks like a ocarina to me. Yeah. From uh, so, actually, I was gonna talk about that guy. Um, what ascension are you guys at? Shit, dude, I don't know. Uh, I've only teens. cleared the game fully one time, but I didn't beat the heart when I got there. Gotcha. Okay. So, I guess we should point I mean, out when you beat the game, you unlock what's called ascension mode. Where and you mm-hmm. can go from ascension one up to twenty, and it gets harder and harder and harder each time. When we were talking about enemy intents. When you reach ascension seventeen, the next that one and then eighteen and nineteen change the enemy intents, and they get harder and more challenging. But they're consistent for like seven ascension seventeen and up. So at ascension seventeen, regular enemies have more challenging movesets. Ascension 18, it's elites. Ascension 19, it's bosses. And then, so like Ascension 17, when you reach Shelled Parasite in Act 2, it's always going to hit you on turn 1 for 21 damage and make you frail. And it does that every time at Ascension 17 and higher. So, knowing those intents helps a lot, and then the game just completely flips it on you when you get to the harder difficulties. It's a it's like a brand new Damn. game when you get that high. Wow. And then There's you a... were just talking about the bird, oh. Sean. Yeah. You have to hit them four times at Ascension 17 <laughs> to get them oh, out of the wow. air in one turn. So if you don't have like an upgraded whirlwind and four energy, ugh, things aren't looking so great. Wait. Man, I'm looking through my achievements right now because I don't remember which uh, which system that I went ahead and I've done some of the higher ascensions on. And I log, I look over on Steam and I see that, okay, trophies, one of the ones that I look at and I'm like, yeah, I don't care about completing all the trophies in this. You got today. You got minimalist today. Beat mm-hmm. the I game with a five card deck or smaller. Yeah. Yeah. What? So okay. What? So yeah, I I did actually the most three the three most recent trophies I have minimalist, which is five cards or smaller. Who needs uh-huh. relics? Beat the game with one relic. Which I I don't know how you fucking did that and one. Then that one caught me off guard. Common sense, no uncommons or rare cards. I did all of those with my favorite character, the Watcher. The Watcher is amazing. The Watcher is she has the biggest blappage. You can just plow through the game. So she's the fourth character that you unlock, right? Yes. yes. When you beat the game okay. with all three characters, you unlock the Watcher. But okay. So you have to beat it with all three. Do you have to beat the heart, too, or just get to that, past that last boss? You just have to beat well, the Act 3 boss. And then that okay. unlocks the Watcher. Do you even... Okay. Wait, hold up. Hold it. I don't even think you beat the heart. So you, you, you do, can, can... You can... You can fight the heart. If you yes. get all three keys right. and go to Act 4. Okay. Well, Kyle, when you get to the end of the game and you go to fight, like there's just a heart beating and you slash yeah. at it, that's just, yeah. your, it's telling you your score. Oh! Yeah, okay. so that's so not, only gotten... that's not yeah. Act 4. That's... Oh! Okay. Yeah, so if you, when you beat the game with all three characters, that unlocks Act 4, and then you can go back through the game... And you can get the red key at a campfire. Yep. You can get the blue key in a treasure chest instead of a relic. And then you get the green key from a super-powered elite called the Burning Elite because it's on the map. And when you get all three of those and you beat the Act 3 boss, 
Then you go to Act 4, and you fight the heart. Good God. Yep. Good God. Okay. So again, I'm a huge fan of this game, and there's still so much for me to do. I've only scratched the surface. Because I've still only beaten, like, I've gotten there one time with my favorite character, who is the uh, the poison guy. The The silent. I fucking love that guy. Second is Robot. I hate, I do not like the, the, the basher guy. Ironclad? The soldier. Ironclad. Yeah, Ironclad. It's not my play style at all in general, and I just, it doesn't click with me, but both, I think because they're more of a defensive style build, I like both of those characters more. So Funny, no, funny note about the defect, your robot, that's my least favorite character. Wow. And I yeah. went into it being like, fuck, I need to... I need to sit down and beat the game with this guy and absolutely just lucked into this build. It was like a Sneko eye build that just like, okay, so Sneko. the Sneko eye randomizes the cost of everything in your deck. Mm-hmm. And so I just, from that point forward, picked up the highest costing shit that I could at every <laughs> opportunity I could. And I was just casting everything for free. And because there's such powerful stuff, it ended up turning my deck into like an infinite loop every single time, as long as the costs lined up right, and just absolutely steamrolled the game with him. And I haven't gone back to him at all. <laughs> Don't care. Just pick six uh, meteor strikes with your Sneko Eye. You started like saying something, Michael, before I jumped in. Sorry about that. Uh,. I don't remember what I was about to say. Oh, oh yeah, we were talking about the different character classes. But anyway, back to the Watcher. She, Sean mentioned infinite loops. The Watcher is actually the easiest character to make an infinite loop on, and that's why the minimalist achievement is so easy with her. If you just remove, like, every card from your deck, and you're only left with a one-cost Wrath entry, Eruption, and find a one-cost Calm entry, like Inner Peace or Fear No Evil, and then get a Rushdown which draws two cards upon entering Wrath, you just enter Calm, play Rushdown, play Eruption, and you, you just keep drawing those cards over and over and over and over again. Because what happens, Kyle, is this character is insane. So she's got two states that she can switch between. She's got, mm-hmm. well, she's got Normal that she starts in, but then there's Calm state and r- there's Wrath. And when you enter Wrath, you deal double damage, but you take twice as much damage. And when you go into calm, when you go into calm, you get extra energy. You get extra energy. You get two energy when you exit calm. Okay. So, like, there's benefits to both. So, like, you really want to go into wrath when you're about to just unleash unholy hell. So, he's got this system of, like, going into calm, leaving it to get extra energy and going into wrath and dealing double damage, going into calm, and then entering it again to just, like, keep energy coming. So that's how you loop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That character is so fucking sick. When I I beat it... uh, So first of all, I I struggled with this game a lot. I liked it, but I wasn't playing it correctly. And then I, I wasn't even a part of the Slay the Spire subreddit, but of course, because everything is listening, uh, it started... Reddit would put those... (laughs) <laughs> into my algorithmic posts and uh i clicked on one one day that was <clears throat> it was like you know the number one things new players don't do is that they don't get rid of cards and i wouldn't because yep. i would think why would you get rid of cards but mm-hmm. once i learned that and like i started get ridding of those base cards that you don't need so then all you're drawing is your better high power and then i was like oh that makes more sense and once i did that 
it was like my second run i beat it and i was like oh this is great because yeah. then i had it set up to where like it was a shiv build but then also that poison guy he can get so many of those uh cards that like attack before the like at the very start and i had like three of them that would come out and just do 20 damage to every enemy and those would cast as soon as the fight and like so many times the enemies were dead before the fucking fight started and it, i was just wild and i just loved doing that just rolling through starting a fight and then everybody's dead and i'm like haha one of my guilty or i kill one about- of the the guys wearing a bird skull and they go <laughs> one of my guilty pleasures with that guy is just doing like a p- poison build which isn't great because it takes so long to get rolling but mm-hmm. as, but early on when you're just dicking around and you got like bouncing flasks or whatever going all over the place and you're doubling their poison and you could easily have killed them on your turn but you're like nah enter i'll I just defend poison to take them <laughs> Because you see, like, what the poison is going to do on their health yeah. bar, too, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're dead. Oh, yeah, you're toast. And end turn. And then you pick up um, a couple bursts, a couple catalysts, and you're like, yeah, here's 9,999 poison. Enjoy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, one of the fun, most fun builds I had with Silent, she uh, has this specific relic where uh, it's called the Specimen, which is actually kind of a terrible relic. But what it does is when she kills an enemy with poison... It transfers all of its poison to the to another enemy. Yeah. So one thing I did was I was fighting the awakened one, the Act Three boss, which has the two cultists with it, and I got all the poison on the awakened one really quick, and then that killed its first phase, transferred all the poison to a cultist. Ah. And then the awakened oh. one respawned, oh. and all the poison dropped back onto the awakened one. <laughs> GG. That's awesome. That's one of the coolest things about this game. There's so many like hidden interactions that you won't immediately think of. I remember the first time it really clicked with me and I was like, oh god, there's depth to this game. It was just a simple ironclad run and I had flex, you know, the card that gives you temporary strength. And I had a limit break which doubles your strength. I played flex and then limit break doubled the strength, but the flex went away, but you still kept the strength that you doubled. So it was a net positive on the turn. And I was like, oh my god, there's way more to this game than I thought. (laughs) And like, every (laughs) character has those tiny little interactions. It's just, oh, it's so good! Power cleave! And a lot of this stuff, a lot of these cards aren't, like, these cards, these artifacts, these relics, are things that you won't even see the first time playing, the second time playing. Hell, even the tenth time playing. Every time you get to the end of a run... Your score isn't for naught. It, like, goes towards unlocking more cards for that character. So when, we, when we're talking about the Ironclad, the Defect, the, the Watcher, the, uh, the Silent, like, each one of these characters, they're not... Yeah, there's a couple of cards that are universal to all of these different characters, but every character has its own pool of cards that they can be pulling from. So you start with say 50% of the cards unlocked for that character. And every time you level up with that character, you unlock like three more cards into your possible pool and a couple of relics. And it just, the more you play with certain characters, the better builds you can make Mm -hmm. and the more fun you can have doing said thing. Um, This game, 
what really opened my eyes to how insane this game can be are the modes that open up after you beat it for like the first time whether it be the daily runs the daily climbs or doing custom runs and just seeing how absolutely batshit crazy you can make this game with like the modifiers that like the daily runs pull Kyle have you done any daily climbs yeah but I haven't gotten very far in them hmm I tried it out, I think, after I saw... Did you do one during the, the charity stream, Michael? Did yeah, I closed the charity that? stream with a daily run, and I forget what... It was like a silent run or something. It wasn't like a yeah. super neat one, but there are some that can get just get absolutely broken where yeah. you have Real like quick. the lethality thing where you start with three strength automatically, and it's the Watcher, and you get like 15 random cards, and it's just all tantrum all the time and you do like 27 damage every time you play one energy <laughs> yep it is uh it's incredibly like you said addictive i love the way that it it eases you into it as well like you said as you play with each character you're leveling up these unlocks that will eventually give you access to new cards but I love that it does it that way because you're not overwhelmed. You're learning the base of the build and how it's supposed to operate. And then it gives you all these variables that you can pull in. And the variables are what make it exciting. Because like you said, you can try to go in and you're like, all right, I know this person works well with the shiv, the silent person, you know. So I'm going to make a shiv build. Well, you're not getting tons of shiv, but it is handing you all kinds of crazy overpowered poison. So you're like, well, I'm just going to pivot into the poison build. And then it... it you're playing in a whole new style, and it's making you think differently. And I love that about it. It's always a new challenge. So a, a nice example of this is, like, whenever I'd get the silent, I didn't even really start doing shiv runs until, like, a year ago. It was always, you know, I'll do poison and poison adjacent. You know, something that's going to do big stuff, and I will have... I just need to survive. That, that was my play style with the silent just survive because my poison's gonna kill you you know that kind of thing and it wasn't until i finally got this card that was like whatever if a card would do less than five damage it does five damage instead the boot mm -hmm. yeah yep. and then like all of a sudden shivs just became insanely viable to what i was doing i'm like oh okay let me let me see what's going on here and from there it morphs into you start seeing other cards that you never even thought about pulling before that all of a sudden have this via this viability it's it's just insane like i i played this game for five six years before i even started really doing shiv shiv runs it, that's silly it's it's wild to me because, like, I did shiv runs from the start. I was like, dude, these shivs things are awesome. Because you get, you get them back, and they're, like, such a low cost. And you can just... I, don't you get, like, one every time you use one or something? There's a Depends power that cards. Silent has called Infinite Blades, where yes. it automatically adds a shiv to your hand at the start of every turn. That's what And it then is. she also so, has, uh, she has Blade Dance, insane. which just automatically adds three to your hand. And then Cloak and Dagger, which is blocking shivs. And then Storm of Steel, which discards your entire hand and gives you all shivs to replace your deck. <laughs> which it's so ridiculous, dude. Is. And then, like, yeah, again, interactions. Combine that with, you know, the Shuriken 
and you play three shivs, you gain one strength. And now all of a sudden they're hitting even harder. Get the kunai, and now you now you have more defense, and your leg sweep blocks for twenty-seven. It just keeps stacking and stacking, and you just keep growing just and stack growing. Stack it on stacks, stacks baby. on stacks. So good. <clears throat> and then you uh, and then you run into something, and a random enemy just kicks your ass, and you're like, "Well, that's that run." Yep, transient just hits you for seventy, and you're like, "Oh, all right. Well, I didn't draw any blocks, so that's cool." <laughs> I remember. The very first time I got to the last boss, which is the the, it's like a dog that resurrects itself. The awakened yep. one. Like I went. The awakened one. I never, you know, I've never played Slay the Spire. I'd never seen anybody play it, and I was like, okay, Act Three boss. Oh, I've almost got this dude dead. I fucking threw everything into it, and I did not know he comes back, and I was so. <laughs> I got my ass kicked so hard. I think that happens <laughs> to like God damn it, everyone. And because like I remember, because like you can hover over the icon and it'll tell you all the powers they have and it has like this little diamond thing that says unawakened and the only thing it says is this enemy is not yet awakened and i was like what does that mean <laughs> okay i'll just beat it i guess and then it hits you for 50 on the next oh okay it's it's awake now <laughs> oh no yeah because he comes back stronger right yeah so he comes back all of so every time you play a power card in the first phase he gains strength and then he maintains that strength into the second phase. Uh, yeah. Okay. So his base power for that first attack is 40 damage. But, you know, if you play, like, six powers in phase one, which actually in Ascension 19, it goes up two strength every time you play a power. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's dope. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So good. Reminds me of the Gremlin Knob, uh, which I think for anybody playing this game for the first time, or even, man, for the first hundred runs that you do of this, this is one of the elites in the first act, which is the big red guy carrying a, a spine club, and he's got fucked up horns, but it's one of those, every time you play a skill, he gets stronger. So, like, mm-hmm. you, like he's going to hit you. So, yes. and if you go to put up a block, he's going to hit you harder. You're just pissing him off every time you do that. So it's like one of those eye-opening things of, okay, I've just got to kill him before he does too much damage or you're fucked. The only person that's got a heal ability s- standard is the ironclad. So everybody else you're playing with, you know, very limited resource of health. Because what are you going to do at a rest site? Heal your health? That sounds like a waste of time. Lame. Got to upgrade that card, baby. Yeah, upgrade that card. Or, um, uh, what is it, working out? There's Yeah, if you get the, the Guria, you can lift to gain strength. Yeah. If you get the shovel, you can dig for a relic. Dig for relics, yeah. And then uh, you get the peace pipe, you can toke away cards. Yeah. Dude, it's so nice. sick. You can also, you get the one that, like, you get to sleep for, like, double health if you need it, right? I use that at the start that gives you yeah the regal pillow it gives you a uh, 15 That's more health uh, yeah. at a rest when you sleep uh so i think we all have you guys have vastly more play time than me so i'm curious uh because i think this will be a different answer for all of us uh what is your least favorite thing to fight uh i have I'll, well you guys th- i'll tell you mine because i know it. it's it's the boss, I think, in the second tower that is sitting on the throne, and he keeps calling in the minions. The collector. I fucking hate that guy. Fun fact. Also a woman. Oh. 
Well, collector I and fucking silent. hate her. Yeah, both women. <laughs> yeah, the collector, she can be either extremely aggro, or she could, like, not attack you for seven turns in a row. She could just summon minions and buff, debuff you, buff them again. Yeah. So you could get a good pattern, or she could just keep attacking you for 21 every single turn and never give you a reprieve. I think... as. I've only beaten the game once. I think she's easily ended my way more of my runs than the actual final boss. I've died to her so many times, man. I think okay. my least favorite enemy. I'll give one for each act, actually. Okay, act I'm going to do the same exact thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Act one. Um, It's a tie. It's the acid slime with the mugger the thief. Yep. so yeah, it, yeah, yeah. acid slime is the one that weakens you and then the mugger usually i mean you have to pick one because you're probably not that powerful at that point um so mugger's probably going to get away with 60 of your gold which sucks um unless you can do some burst damage really quick the second one in act one is the the dead adventurer um event <laughs> So it's the one where you see like the guy who doesn't have his pants and you can loot his corpse. But if you yeah. click too many times, the elite will come back. You can actually see what elite you're going to fight based on the flavor text of the event. Um, if it's the Lagavulin, which is one of the elites of Act 1, it automatically starts uh, awake and it will debuff you instantly. It doesn't attack you twice. It will instantly do its strength and de uh, defense down, which is wow. horrible. <laughs> Especially on higher ascensions, it debuffs you twice. <laughs> so, God, God. All right. So before we jump to Act Two, let's do it this way. Sean, what is your least favorite one in Act One? Since you both are going to do one for each. Uh, my least favorite one in Act One is going to be the thief. I uh, and okay, just the and not because of like some acid slime, whatever, but because it's so infuriating when there's like two or three thieves and you know that you're not going to kill all three of them and it just pisses me off that I'm going to lose some money. It's so <laughs> obnoxious. Um, and you know, he, he, what is annoying, I will agree with what's annoying about that guy is that he tells you before he runs away, so you know it's coming. Yeah. And you're like, God, I just want to fucking kill you. And he's like, Later. Sorry. Yeah, it turns into like the, in his intentions, it looks like, it, you know, it's got the little arrow running away thing, and then it draws, it deals you your hand, and it's nothing but fucking blocks or something. Yeah. You're like, you're God like, damn it. All right. Well, I fucking hate you. Eat a dick. Understandable. Totally I do want to give a special shout out, though, to the louses. Um, I really hate those two, uh, generally. What's Just the louses? Because it's like, it's like the first fight. At that point, the, you it's can't the two really little lice. Okay. Yeah. You hit them, they curl up, whatever, and you can't really yeah. one-shot them, and it's just annoying. It's a waste of my time. There we go. Games that waste your time. God damn it! Yeah. Yeah, fuck this game. All right, You're boys. see a trend here. Act 2. Act 2, I think, is a pretty easy call for me. It's the snake plant. That mm. thing... That one does suck. Fuck this guy so hard. He will either... Hit you for eight by three twice in a row, or he'll debuff you for two turns, and then you have to deal with the eight by three again. And he has yep. the really annoying power called Malleable, which anytime you hit him, he gains more block. 
So unless you have harder... That one is another one you just kind of have to burst through and just get it over as quick as possible. Yes, definitely. Or have yeah. some sort of mitigation like malaise on the silent or frost on the defect or... Yeah, just kill it with the watcher. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't have that hate for the snake plant because usually by that point when I run into the snake plant, I, I can usually take it out in about two, three turns. So, like, I'm not super stressed about that. But, like I said, you'll see a trend here. I hate the sentries so much. The sentries are such a pain in the ass. They start with, what are they called, artifacts, where they negate a deb and automatically negate one or two debuffs off the rip. So there's not much you can do in terms of the cards that you have. You know, you can't poison them. You can't expedite the process of that. So it's just like there's either three or four or five of them, I think, later on in the game. So the the three centuries is actually an Act 1 Elite. Oh, And then in Act 2, one century will appear with the Spheric Guardian, which has like, it's the 20 HP, but like 60 block thing that keeps all of its block. That guy doesn't bother me. Okay, so if that's the case, I'm looking at the wiki right now, just kind of seeing all of the uh, the monsters, and the elites don't really bother me. Except the but, Book uh, of Stabbing. Fuck that guy. Okay, so if I, if that's the that case, um, then it's going to be the birds in Act 2. <laughs> Those birds are annoying too, man. I will so I will fully natural. admit that. Because there's like three of them, right, generally? Yeah, there are three birds. Yeah. And they can also appear one bird with a cultist later. Or, uh, no. Yeah, yeah uh... Uh, not a cultist, but a um, whatever the hex girl is. Do they do they also go <laughs> No, just the bird. I fucking love that sound, man. It makes me crack up every time I kill one of those guys. Well, have you ever found the cultist headpiece? Uh. Uh-uh. There is an event called the Face Trader, where you can get one of five masks. Uh, two of them are really good. One of them, like, increases your max health every floor. One of them gives you 50 gold per event room. Two of them are really bad. They'll start you weak on turn one, and another one, like, your next chest you open is completely empty. The fifth face you can get is the cultist headpiece, which you start a battle and you go, caca! That's it. (laughs) That's it? That's great, though. Now I have to get this headpiece. Every time we go to, uh, Sarah was obsessed with this game, obviously, for a while. And uh, every time she went into a shop and you go to leave, it sounds like he's going, fuck off. And so every time the she person, leaves the shop, yeah. she goes, fuck off. That's all. Awesome. I've not heard that either, but now I will hear it and I will smile and think of Sarah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, boys. Floor three, and then I'm curious because I have no idea what floor four will bring for me. So I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to know what to look out for in that one. Well, floor four is actually act four is the same every time, so you won't need to be curious there. But act, oh, okay, act yeah. three, um, probably the writhing mass, which is like the weird poison spaghetti guy. He okay, I fought mm, him today. He also has malleable, like the snake plant. But he has five mm-hmm. different attack intents, and they change every time he has unblocked 
he takes unblocked attack damage. Um, it can be like a hit plus a debuff to you. It can be a hit plus a block. It can be a, like a three times hit. It can be a big single hit. Or it can curse you, giving you a parasite. So if you're trying to like race, race damage on this guy and you hit him and he has the curse intent and you look at your hand, oh shit, I'm out of attacks. I guess I'm just going to be cursed. It like, oh, he can be such a pain. I agree. Um, looking through all the characters in Act 3, honestly, it's really weird going from Act 2, which has a lot of my least favorite enemies in it, to Act 3, where I enjoy fighting half of these guys. Like, the Darkling, those, those are just a fun game of, okay, let me time this just right so you all die and nobody reses. Like, it's pretty inconsequential. Most of these guys are the only ones that are really annoying that are on every floor is the ones that like six of them spawned like the gremlins on the first one and you know um actually maybe there's not a lot in the second floor oh yeah they do come back the gremlins come back um but the writhing mass for sure the uh that that one's those three guys that you said there there are three enemies that you have to kill at the same time or close enough because if you don't they come back the next turn with half health every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize that the first few times because I had this build with the the silent, like, you know, that I do so much damage at the start that those guys were all, they all died every time. And uh, I did not understand how they worked. And then I got there once with the robot guy. And, dude, I had a hell of a time trying to get them all down at the same time. Oh, no. Because I also, they, they will give themselves blocks, too. And, you know, you got to work through the block and then do the damage and, they can really mess with you. It's also a cool fight where if you're powerful enough, you can actually stall it and, you know, do whatever you want to, like, maybe advance some sort of meta stat. Actually, um, one of the best, actually, my favorite Spellless Buyer streamer, Baylor Lord, he did one run where he was the Watcher and he, he was either the Watcher or the Silent. I don't remember which one. But he had a Prismatic Shard, which is the relic where you can get any color of card uh, from, you know, card rewards. He had Nightmare, which is a silent card that lets you copy a card in your deck, create three copies. And he had a Wish, which is a Watcher Rare card where you can wish for either strength, plated armor, or money. And he created all these copies of Nightmare and Wish against the Darklings. And he created so much plated armor that, like, no matter how much damage they did, it would never kill him. And he just wished for infinite money. He got all the way up to, like, 5,000 gold (laughs) and just bought everything in every shop. And, uh, or, like, if you're the ironclad, you can wait to, like, you know, line up the perfect strength reaper to heal all your health back against the Darklings. So, yeah, it's it's, one thing Sean mentioned is, like, Act 3 doesn't bother him as much as Act 2. It's interesting because, like, in the deck building aspect of the game, you're surviving through Act 1. Act 2 is when maybe stuff turns and you're starting to get the remnants of your deck. And by the time you get to Act 3, you're like, okay, let's fucking go. And you just mow through everything. So yeah. it's really cool when all of it clicks like that near the curtail mm-hmm. of Act 2. And Act 3, the big bad you know, elites aren't really a big deal anymore and you just plow through it. Yeah, and it's just a rush to get to that boss and try to have enough health to melt through him. 
But something we said earlier, it's like if you notice by the end of Act Two that you're struggling, like there's, <laughs> come on, man, don't even waste your own time. Like I've absolutely thrown, thrown runs because it's what is the point of wasting the next half an hour mm-hmm. just grinding through for you know minimal extra points to apply to your next unlockable cards or whatever. Um, so you always have a good gauge of how you're faring in something. Yeah, I do I, say that, but there are times where you absolutely just mop the floor with everything in Act 3, and then all of a, all of a sudden the Awakened One just pushes, pushes your shit in. It's like, oh, okay, well, that was a good run, I guess. Thanks I for nothing. had a fairy in a bottle, I guess. Yeah, or if you had <laughs> shivs with the silent, and then you run into the time meter, and you're like, oh. I can't just spam shivs the entire time because then he's going to hit me for 13 by 3. (laughs) Yeah, every every Act 3 boss has... It tests your scaling in a different way, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. Like the Awakened One, obviously we mentioned the powers. Can you scale up enough without playing too many powers to strengthen them in Phase 1? The Time Eater. Can you get through your deck efficiently enough where you can block do damage and also not set off the timer, which is crazy. And then Donu and Deka, which they don't punish you for anything, but you have to block and attack every single turn because they're going to be strengthening every single turn. It's just mm-hmm. such, it's a it's a cool litmus test of like every single type of deck at the end of Act 3. Yeah. Let's um, go Donuts. Kyle, did you play? Did you uh, have to face the time eater yet, or have you only played against the awakened one? I think I've only done the awakened one. I don't think I don't. I'm not familiar with the time eater. So the time, time eater, eater is my least favorite boss in this entire game. Okay, well, good to know. When I do encounter it, I'll be invisible already. Yeah, time <clears throat> time eater. I think hard counters maybe the most decks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but. You know, if you're powerful enough, it just doesn't even matter, and you just don't even worry about it. Donu and Deca. So what do I need to oh, go ahead. I was going to. What do I need to? What does the timekeeper do? Like, what? What is the time? Ooh. So it has a power called time warp. It's a little counter underneath its health bar. When that every time you play a card, the counter goes up by one, and when it reaches twelve, your turn automatically ends, and the time eater gains two strength. Damn. And yeah. so you don't even get a play. No, okay. You're you're just done. And then when you get time eater below half health, uh, the next turn they'll heal back to half health and get rid of all their debuffs. What? Yeah, it's I've had many a runs just ended to this guy. Damn. Yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's hard. <clears throat> well, uh, speaking of the time eater boys. What do you think about giving this whole thing here a rating system? Oh, hell yeah. I am here for that. Uh, I don't know if I have one. You guys, if you guys don't have one, I can pull one out while you guys think of one. No, I can. I could. I can, can start it. One up. You want to do one for me? And then uh, I'll do for Michael and Michael Dushan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kyle, you uh, you're playing with this this fancy new deck that you just crafted. You know, it's going really good, really really good. You got this amazing rare, amazing gold card, um, that 
does the following. Uh, when you play this card, it costs it costs four, so I hope you have something that gives you extra energy. Uh, it costs you four, but you draw 97 shivs <laughs> that do 97 damage each. But, okay. but hear me out. You take this at the at the rest site and you upgrade this bad boy. You upgrade this bad boy and boom. A hundred and ninety-four. Doubling up here. 194 shifts in your hand, even though it blows away all max hand sizes. Doesn't matter. Sure, sure. 194 at 97 damage apiece. You can only use 10 of them on the 12 of them on the time eater. It's fine. Okay. No big okay. deal. <laughs> How many of those shifts would you use in one turn on any other character if they had infinite health? Mm. No. Okay. 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 Hear me out. It gives you not it gives you 194 shifts. Yep. <laughs> How many of those shifts would you have to use? To kill this game. How much life does this game have? I see. Okay. So out of 194. Yeah. I'm probably throwing easily 190 at this whole thing, man. Whoa. This game ranks very highly for me. I enjoy it every time I play it. Even when you have a bad run, it's still a fun time, which is a hard achievement for any game to make. And this game does it in spades because... I also love, again, we talk about not wasting your time. Even if you don't succeed, you have a bad run, you are still gaining score to unlock new cards. It doesn't punish you for losing. It's okay. You're still going to get something. So I love that aspect of it. I love the the crazy deck building, the, the just variations. Because, again, <clears throat> I've played it a fraction of the time you guys have. And I've still experienced so many wildly different ways and experiences in it so i can only imagine still what is to come and it's just it's also casual like you said you can pick it up on your phone you're playing oh you're, you've got called to the doctor's office turn it off i can pick this up in two weeks and I'm, I'm still at the same spot and it's still such a familiar game that i can jump right back in that's it's such a rarity for a game that it has what a low floor a low entry level super high ceiling and that is what makes almost any game fantastic because anybody can play it and then it has these upper echelon tiers like michael's playing these ascension level 20s which sound horrible to me <laughs> but the fact that there's still so much of that depth to it this game is fantastic man and just the value to time i everybody should fucking have this game it's it's literally it's it's for the casual player, for the hardcore, this game is for literally everyone. And I feel everyone should play Slay the Spire. It's fantastic. To add it into something that you just said, in terms of, like, you can pick this up in a couple of weeks from now and it's familiar enough. Something that's really, like, I think low-key amazing about this game is it allows you... It's, it's a lot like a card game. You can look at what's in your discard pile. You can look to see what's coming up in your deck. You haven't played this in three weeks? Fine. Load in. Get into a thing and just take a quick look at your deck. You know what your game plan is. And every like, and every card and every relic and every flavor text, it just it means every word that it says. And it it yeah. 
it does it exactly what it says. Like, if you have negative one strength and limit break says double your strength, guess what? You got negative two strength because that's what the card does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's pretty fucking great, man. I, I fucking love this game. Uh, massive, massive fans. So, okay. I think I've got the, Michael. Yeah. Say you're a slightly defective robot and you have the ability to spawn up to 10 little helpful funny little lightning orb buddies that you just like to talk to and they're your little friends and they keep you safe uh say you're fighting anybody i don't fuck who cares uh how many how many little lightning buddies are you going to take with you uh out of 10 I'm going to take 9.7 out of those buddies with me. <laughs> and that doesn't, that, you can't do that in the game, but for all intents and purposes, we're going to. I don't think, can you even have 10 of those guys anyway? I think 10 is actually the max. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, go me. Go, now you good pull. Uh, <laughs> like we said earlier, I have this game on Steam, which I've played on Steam for, uh, 91 hours on PlayStation. I've played for 150 mobile. I think I've played about 150. Good God. Uh, I cannot think of a more like, like you said, I can't think of a better value game I have ever bought than this game. Yeah. Like I have sunk so much time into this game. I'm still learning stuff. I'm still you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm still kind of bad at this game, <laughs> and it's wild. <laughs> like, it, like, there's so much that goes into it. I love trying new concepts, trying stuff that I know has not worked in the past, and, like, trying to improve it. I, I have to thank my buddy, shout out to Cameron at work, for making me get this game. Uh, it, it is truly... It is truly one of my most favorite games of all time, and I am happy that I have given so much money to this company because they deserve every single penny. It is truly excellent. Truly. Yeah. I I know that they're not the ones making the game. Contention Games is making the board game. But, dude, with the amount that I've put into purchasing this game on all of the various consoles and stuff, I've still spent less money than buying a brand new game. Yes. Somehow. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I don't... It's like something like that. When I just bought this game on my phone, it was like two weeks ago. Two or three weeks ago that I bought it on my phone. And my... Like, I hemmed and hawed about it for a couple of weeks. And then I just thought of it. I'm like, it's $10. Like... Yeah. I'm... It's already... Even if I play it... 20 times it's worth it way worth it yeah it's so worth it and that's a fantastic one too you get it on your phone you buy a new phone guess what baby it's still there still there yep i love that shit it's one banana michael what can it cost ten (laughs) dollars um all right so i think i'm uh, yeah sean yo let's say that um you're playing as the Iron... Or no, 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 no. You're playing as the Watcher. And you have just 
created the ultimate expunger with Conjure Blade, you got 999 and you got a 999 energy expunger. It's Sick. it will literally kill anything except the heart in one turn. Spoilers, Kyle. Um, how many hits out of those 999 times? How many times does that land before the enemy dies out of 999? And the enemy is this game, I'm assuming. I did do the maths, by the way. Kyle, the game had like 18,430 life if you oh. uh, use that many shifts. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, out of 999 <laughs> times, it's it's really tough for me to not just give this all 999. Just because yeah. this is like the amount of times I've purchased this. The amount of times that I've talked about this to other people that it then inspired them to get this game and then they loved it so much that they talked to me like Paul at work, Kyle, like I got him to get this game and he's so clinical about these games. Like within a week, he was probably better at this game than I am and like memorized everything about it. And dude, (laughs) like we talked about it every time we worked together for like two weeks. Um, he's like, oh, I tried this. Did you know about this? And blah, 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 right? I love I, that shit too, that that playground type stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we'll start like talking about card combos and stuff like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Michael, like you said, I like looking at this on the computer, it's crazy to see that I've only played this for like 70 hours on the computer. But that's because like the majority of my time I put on on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Because this is the perfect, before I got the Steam Deck, this was the perfect like lay in bed and just play game after game of um i've beaten it with everything i'm still not that great there's still a lot to learn i just think it's it's pretty much it's it's a perfect game for what it is it is a perfect game yeah it's about as close to perfect i think as a game can get yeah it's enough that when i saw the kickstarter for a board game I was like, I don't care what the price tag is. Here's my money. Um, and I, I can't wait for that to come in. And Metacritic is now working on their second game. I, or not Metacritic, we're Meta, Metacritic. Humble Bundle? And they haven't announced anything about it. I don't care what it is. I'm going to buy it because they deserve my sure. money. Oh, okay. I'm that way with the people that made... Uh... Slay the Spire, and I was about to lose my shit. Oh. <laughs> I'm that way with the people that made Hades. Uh, yes. Every every game that that company makes, I'm buying. I don't care. Even if, like I like Hades. I haven't played it nearly as much as Transistor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but even still, I I love everything that company does. Same thing they with this Bastion, company, right? Megacrit. They did what? They did Bastion too, right? Yeah, yes. they did Bastion, Bastion as well, which I also excellent. fucking loved. So uh, same thing. This company will always have my support and my money. So fucking go for it. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Slay the Spire. Fucking A, Michael. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Heck yeah. I'm glad we did this. This was awesome. This was also our first video game episode in quite a while. Love that. In a long time. And I'm glad yeah. that I had to do zero yeah. for this episode. Because we, we just no knew prep. it. We're fucking familiar. Yeah. Kyle uh, Raskin earlier said, I'm playing Slay the Spire to get ready. And I immediately sent him a picture. He's like, well, look what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing Slay the Spire. Yeah. Yeah, we were all hype. It was fucking great, man. Thanks for coming in, Michael. I love you, buddy. 
I love it every time you're on. Uh, Happy to do it. Yeah, let's fucking, we'll get something else going. And until then, I look forward to seeing you in Helldivers too soon, buddy. Ooh. We'll get to you wrap there. around Thank to you. that, I just hop onto Facebook for uh, for a quick second. Somebody that I've never once seen post on Facebook ever, ever, posted saying, I never post here, but any friends playing Helldivers 2 that want to squat up? <laughs> I'm tell- Dude, it's getting, it's infectious. That game is fucking huge, and I think it's going to be real massive. Damn. Hell so, yeah. I'll probably... Look I'll, into I'll it, Shawnee. Think about it. Yeah. But until then, boys, I love you both. As always, mwah. Listeners, go slay yourselves. Michael, would you rather have the ability to poison anyone at a moment's notice or the ability to throw three shivs at a moment's notice? I guess it depends how much strength I have. <laughs> but the, the shivs will do moderate they damage. They will do so moderate will damage. Poison. I'll yeah. do if I'm if I'm trying to hurt this person. I'm going to do poison because I want to watch them suffer. I think that's what I'll do. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny that I just thought of the poison of this game is so stupid. It, it, it's not a great the poison. <laughs> it's not killing anybody. It's the equivalent of like somebody's nanny just slipping bleach into like somebody's teacup. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite rat poison. It's more syrup of Ipecac. Yo, it's that shit that you see in uh, The Sixth Sense where the kid just dies from pine saw poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Mwah!